A Brief History of Lady Blessington's Crystal Ball Crystal gazing, also known as crystallomancy, is the art of divining by figures which appear on the surface of a crystal ball. One of the most famous crystal balls in the Victorian era belonged to Marguerite Gardiner, Countess of Blessington. The poet Elizabeth Barrett Browning, in an 1852 letter, mentions Lady Blessington's crystal ball. Quote, Perhaps you never heard of the crystal ball. The original ball was bought by Lady Blessington from an Egyptian magician. She never could understand the use of it, but others have looked deeper with purer eyes, it is said. End quote. In the May 25, 1850 edition of the Bristol Times and Mirror, an account describes how the crystal ball was sold and passed down to a child for her to play with. The child, who had recently lost her mother, started claiming to her father that Dear Mama is inside the ball. The father, feeling quite uneasy about this, passed along the crystal ball to one Archdeacon Rowe. After conducting a similar experiment with his own granddaughter and finding similar results, the archdeacon declared that the crystal ball was of, quote, satanic agency. Eventually, the crystal ball ended up in the possession of Zadkiel, a famous astrologer. In the 1850s, Zadkiel exhibited the crystal ball and its powers for a number of members of the English nobility. He claimed to see visions from the crystal, speak to spirits, and could tell through the ball what was going on in any part of the world. Whether he was a true fortune teller or a fraud, word spread far and wide about his purported talents. On December 26, 1855, the Maitland Mercury in New South Wales, Australia, called Zadkiel, quote, the quack who with Venus and Mars swindles buffoons with false reports from the stars, end quote. In 1861, his own publication known as Zadkiel's Almanac made a particularly bold prophecy scried from Lady Blessington's crystal ball that the death of Albert, the prince consort, husband to Queen Victoria, was imminent and certain. Salutations, dear listeners. This is Boneyards and Boo Jumps, an 1879 RPG actual play podcast. Chapter 2 Divergence.
Uh, once they're outside, uh, Madame Trefini reaches down to a small case that she wears on her fancy belt and just reaches into it and sort of feels for a second and then pulls out just a single card and takes a quick glance at it. Oh, yes. So what card did you grab? Uh, the Six of Pentacles, upright. Okay. Hmm. She kind of looks looks Laszlo over briefly. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Amos will glance over and be like, hmm. <laughs> Laszlo just kind of raises an eyebrow. Oh, uh, hmm. Ah, just uh, seeing what the cards think of you. And she tucks it back in and pats the, the case gently. Hmm, interesting. You know, I think this is the first time I've read my cards. Card read about me. Oh, the train ride is going to be just so much fun, isn't it, boys? She is quite accurate with her cartographic fortune telling. We'll do a proper a proper read on you in the in the train. How about that? I I'd, I'd, pre- I'd appreciate it. Thank you, thank you kindly. And Amos, you know this uh, this uh, Liverpool um, road is not very far. It's a short walk, actually, for you. Even though you know you're dwarf, so it's a little more of a walk for you. Is that a short uh, joke? Oh, your shorter <laughs> legs, of course. It's going to be a little longer of a walk. Not much, but it is a little more. And um, you see that there's this what looks to be a storefront that's not a storefront. So there's no sign in front of it. There's no uh, obvious like placards outside or anything advertising for sales or anything like that. It's just uh, an old storefront. Um, and the door isn't wide open or anything, but um, it looks like there might be someone inside. There might be some activity. In- what would you do? She'll step up and knock a rap on the door. And this uh, fairly, uh, I would say, probably in his 70s, uh, man comes over, uh, human, uh, with gray hair, fairly slender, uh, fairly nice outfit. Maybe you think he's, you know middle classish, and he opens the door and you hear a fairly familiar accent actually he's definitely american he says uh hello what can i do for you boojums and hmm you got a hoojum too okay <laughs> we were in i was invited to come and speak with uh jg morrison oh that's me um madam trefini she holds John her hand well pleasure to meet you madam um that's interesting. My contact said you were not uh, it's changed. Recent. Oh, I see. Well, come on in, miss. And um, yeah, everyone's welcome to come on in. And you notice that this place has a lot of just things strewn about. It almost looks like kind of like a yard sale, except with prices on anything. There's just a lot of stuff here. Madame Trefini's eyes are like going everywhere, looking over all the various stuff. Or fingers twitch ever so slightly. Ditto. Can I do a? Uh, I, I don't think I have anything. In, mm, no, not awareness. Can I roll a perception to just kind of eye things? Yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, everyone can roll awareness if you want. Alright. Hey. Eight. All right. Yeah. So I would say Jacoby and Laszlo kind of tie on perception here. Uh, awareness. Um, yeah, these are very much odds and ends and things. You, if I don't know, if you were just to have a wild guess, you'd say someone's trying to get rid of someone's possessions. Like an estate sale or just too much crap and they got to offload? 
more on the second one because there's a lot of weird stuff here that just seems like junk but also looks like it's in good quality so it's like that kind of like flea market kind of stuff where it's like you know someone somewhere would probably like this but you're not going to be able to sell this stuff in a general market fun times so miss i uh, heard you want the uh the crystal ball yes i do so and- can i ask why would you want such a thing she reaches down to like another small case on her belt just like a silver just another like little silver case reaches in pulls out a call and flips it open flicks through a few cards pulls it out and hands over the her calling card oh well thank it's you my particular interest well that is interesting you so is um, my area what do you know about this this object here as he unveils the uh, Lady Blessington's crystal out of a, out of a, I would say he has it like in a box, kind of like a hat box or something like that. He has it in, it doesn't fit properly, but he has it covered in silk and like, you know, make sure it's not going to be dented or anything. And it's her, really Her fingers looking. start to twitch just to get, again at seeing it. Well, I know the rumors and what the newspapers wrote about it, but it seemed to sort of go off for 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 a bit of time and almost not quite disappeared but just out of the public eye and i'm just curious about it and whether it's because everybody of course the rumors say it's real but uh, one must be skeptical in these things you know he raises his eyebrow and goes uh madam when was the last time you read about this thing and Some uh, years ago <laughs> And he goes, oh, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Uh, let me bring you up to date then. Um, yeah, My uh, uncle Zadkiel, he was one for the dramatic names. Well, I don't know. It's There's it, a reason it's here with all, quite frankly, junk items here. It um, It's rather infamous now for um, a rather poor prediction. Um, a few years ago, before he passed, Zadkiel, uh, he predicted the death of the Prince Consort, Albert. Uh, that clearly never happened. I see. So, of course, it then was a hoax. That's what people think. But, um, I don't know, I'm mixed on these things. You you look to be the type that can um, to tell the difference, so... Yeah. I can. And also, I mean, just in general, something that's got some infamy could be fun to have around the shop. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, uh, I'll get you to roll if you have haggle. Uh, I'm actually going to, fur- like, as she's talking with him, she yeah. is going to be smiling at him yeah. uh, with a winning smile. Oh, okay. Roll that. <laughs> Five. Okay, that won't be the social defense. No. <clears throat> All right. Uh, then she will attempt to haggle with him. All right, yeah, on a five, uh, that's not enough to haggle, but he, oh, he's pretty... Oh, I had to haggle, yeah, oh, that was my other one. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, wow, okay, on a ten. So you can negotiate down to just slightly less than a pound. Okay. Maybe a couple shillings less than a pound. Okay, so about ten shillings. Yep. Or no, sorry, twenty is a pound. Let me so eighteen right. shillings? Yes, yes, twenty is a pound, so... Yeah. Okay. You can negotiate down to eighteen um, shillings, and he'll say, well... Uh, most people think, seem to think this thing's cursed, so, uh, yeah. I'm glad oh. to get much from it, so. Thank you very much. Good and luck with this. She'll pass <laughs> on the 
18, the 18 shillings and kind of glance around. Is there any other things of your uncle's here? Well, this is all of my uncle's. I'm trying to get rid of all this stuff. Ah. You know, he died recently and- My condolences. Uh, I want to get offload this stuff so I can go back to America. Well, will you be here in perhaps a week or so? I have some uh, business that I have to go out to, but... I would say I, I hope not, but I probably will be. I would be interested <laughs> in making an appointment to come and go through the things and see if there's anything else for my line of work. Well, it looks like your friends are going through a few things too, so... Uh, yeah, well, perhaps... a few there. Well, well, they, will you go and talk with them? Perhaps I'll take a look around as well. Oh, good. Well, good seeing you and uh, glad to have sold this thing. Um... Prince Albert's still kicking, but I can't say the same for my uncle. Uh, gonna have to, I hope that you keep kicking then. So far, so good. <laughs> and he goes on to... She very carefully takes the orb. Like, yeah. In its horrible hat case that doesn't quite fit it perfectly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and I think this is where like the others are having a little chat about various items that they're seeing there uh, with the gentleman. And um, yeah, I want you to roll a the awareness on the orb or on the crystal ball. Oh, okay. Not much right now. I think you're a little distracted and nice yeah. it looks actually. <laughs> oh yeah, um, she's she's just excited. <laughs> you'll notice that inside the hat box there seems to be though uh, some notes oh. left behind. She will like, manual. <laughs> she actually like takes the notes out and carefully puts them into a pouch so that they're they can't possibly like float up, you know, flutter off somewhere. Yeah, and, you know, you add a glancing notice, you'll notice that it, pr it seems to have a list of predictions that it made. Oh, um, and um, a little bit about the backstory of it, like where it came from in Egypt, yeah. originally from Lady Blessington. Seems yeah. to be handwritten notes. Probably Zed Gill is yeah. the one who wrote them, yeah. you would think. She tucks them aside to read, not in the house, because that's a little rude. <laughs> and just kind of glances over things in case anything catches her eye that pertains to other items that might pertain to her craft while the others talk with this fellow. I wonder if there's anything here that Jacoby would find interesting. <laughs> I don't know, come up with some random junk item and maybe. I mean, you know, he, he's a whole ass person. He's got to have some kind of, you know, interesting hobby or... Any firearms? Oh, that was my thought. Yeah, any firearms or uh, maybe a neat looking knife. There might be some pieces of firearms around, I would think. Anything interesting here? Hmm. Uh, why don't you just roll a straight perception? Sure. Or awareness, actually. Nothing terribly interesting. You just think it's all, like, kind of junk, in your opinion. Ah. Is it, would there be any canes around? Yeah, there would be a cane around. Uh, I think Glasgow would look at the canes and then on a, on a pier... Flight of fancy. He, I think, I feel like he would check check the canes to see if there's any, if any of them may be, well, sword canes. <laughs> a sword. <laughs> Definitely no sword canes in there, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this stuff's not interest that interesting. <laughs> that would sell quickly, I think. If someone had that. Any figurines? Um, nineteenth century figurines i don't know if there's yeah like little porcelain mm. figurines or something maybe there is but they're kind of obscure and creepy i want to find the creepiest one here yeah there's one of like i guess a lawn gnome but it looks way too much like a dwarf 
but you know it's older than Looking Glass Fever, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like almost someone was prescient about Looking Glass Fever from how it looks. How much is this? Uh, he will look at you and go, well, uh, unique, uh, what a shilling? Sold. It sounds about right. I mean, if you, I mean, this is, you know, tchotchke level garage sale, a shilling sounds about right. I'd say even maybe two shillings, but if he wants it to just go, then yeah, we're talking. He's tired of looking at this thing, I think. We're talking 99 cent store here. Yeah. Oh, now, do I go full Casey Jones and have Lazo look for any golf clubs? Well, it probably wouldn't be golf clubs. It'd probably be... Um, no, it would be uh, maybe... Oh, I'm croquet? Trying to think. Croquet like is that? what I was thinking. There's definitely a croquet set here. You could also go a cricket bat. Probably a cricket oh, bat. too. yes. Okay. But as we all know, you got to understand what a crumpet is to know what cricket is. Well, he's got the hurling stick right now. It would go right with it. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm broke. I just realized <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm broke. Because uh, as a gambler, you keep losing. <laughs> except, except strangely, whenever you're, yeah, sometimes you do win. Yeah. Do, does he find his sports equipment? Yeah, I, I would think that there is uh, some, um, a cricket bat and some croquet items around. All right. How much? Uh, a couple of shillings. Uh, for the bat and a couple of shillings for the croquet set. I don't know if that's accurate or <laughs> to the time. But well, again, you know, we'll round it up to five and be done with it. Yep. Yeah, I think for five for for the whole thing. So the big ass snark buys you your sports equipment. <laughs> I, I feel like Glass was literally was. He's literally just like he was literally just detecting the heft of the bat and he's like setting it down and sighing little bit of a welcome to the shenanigans gift for you. If you're going to travel with us, you're going to need some kind of useful tool to protect yourself. We get into um, <clears throat> quite an interesting predicaments now and then. Ah, yeah, yeah. My, uh, the Marquis uh, uh, mentioned that uh, apparently uh, something about a pumpkin. If I, rem- if I remember the city right, or wait, uh, what do you know that? But you you would know some of these things, yeah. Uh, Bucklebury yeah. was probably mentioned by him. Yeah. So, oh uh, yeah, the uh, gigantic gore that was round about my grandfather's estate. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That kind of shenaniganry. Well, thank you kindly, Jigabi. I hope I'm as useful to y- to y'all as I am to the Marquis. Um, speaking of that, I can't help but notice that your firearm appears to be unloaded. Uh, Good yeah, eye if you can tell that just from being in the holster. <laughs> I mean, it is what I do. Fair enough. Well, let's just say I made a bet. I made a bet for the Derringer. I won the Derringer, but then I lost the ammo. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we, uh, when, when we get back to my shop, I might be able to help you out a bit with that. <laughs> uh, thank you, Kane. And yeah, so after everyone's done uh, chatting with his fellow, he'll um, he'll open the door for you and uh, thank you for your purchases. Um, kind of look a little defeated. Uh, uh, I still have so many things to get rid of. She smiles. Tell, tell your friends. I will. And I'll also uh, definitely be back to take a look through everything. 
and acquaintances. In fact, tell your enemies. I don't care. I want the stuff done. <laughs> Jeez. We'll talk later. And he bows, and uh, yeah, let's hear it. Like, even her whiskers are, like, trembling. She's so excited. <laughs> oh, my. Let's hurry uh, back. All right. Um, Amos, you got to catch another taxi? Yep, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. She glances at the tickets to see when their their train is. Like, is it today? Is it, like, the next day? It seems that these are special kind of tickets you've never seen before, and you've only heard of that certain more upper-class individuals can get. And they seem to be good for whenever you want to go, basically. Hmm. Um, so long as you, you know, get there in a certain amount of time before. And uh, you have heard, the reasons you've heard of this is you've known a couple people being kicked off a train because someone with better tickets showed up. And, uh, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. forced the person with the lower class tickets to get the next train. Dear. Oh, oh my. Well, let's get back to your shop and we can get our things together and I can take a look at this. Fair enough. I'm sure Thomas will have tea ready. I'm sure he will have tea. He always seems to have tea ready for you. (laughs) Fair enough. He's a good man. He is indeed. (laughs) It's also his job. He's very good at his job, though. He will definitely have tea ready. And uh, does Madame Trefini have crystal mancy yet? She does not yet. Okay. I was just curious on that one. No. All right. That will be the next set I'm able. Next time I'm able to buy something new. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Um, but she does pull out as they're in the cab heading back. She does pull out the notes to start reading over them and just doing like a quick skim over and getting them into her memory. Yeah, excellent. And yeah, and as far as you can tell, and this is a little disconcerting to you. While some things on this prediction list did happen, some things did not. And that they really clearly did not, like predicting fairly famous people's deaths that are still alive, um, certain technological um, uh, advancements that happened sooner than was stated on here. Um, huh. Yeah, it's very unusual. Interesting. What you got there, Madame Trefini? Oh, it's a list of the predictions that it has happened. And some have happened, some haven't. It's just fascinating. Some happened earlier than they were predicted. Hmm. Hmm. That That is quite interesting. Um, might I ask when that changed? She'll sort of start looking to see the dates. You know, I, I wonder what that that list of predictions and if they happened or not. It would be right when the uh, portal opened? <laughs> yeah, at, Jacob is actually thinking the same thing, like, at, what would this list look like if Looking Glass Fever didn't happen? Mm-hmm. So uh, the predictions seem to be accurate up until 19, or sorry, 1860. Um, the year 1860 was when this uh, Zadkiel uh, infamously uh, declared that uh, uh, Prince Albert, Prince Consort Albert, would die. Uh, it was predicted in 1861. Uh, that did not happen. And uh, everything before that, though, in this crystal ball, this list of predictions, they all happened. Everything after, mm, hit and miss. Interesting. It seems to be when he predicted the Prince Consort's death, and it didn't happen. Now that would put a damper on one's prognostication abilities, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. But some of the some of the other ones have, and some haven't. Hm. 
fascinating. Hmm. Are there any more recent predictions in there? She'll look for the more recent ones. So I, I do want to point out that we went back to Amos's shop, yep. and we've just had Laszlo in tow the entire time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Definitely. So, Mr. Laszlo, for, for, for us uneducated folk, why don't you um, expound upon your proprietor, your boss, this Marquis, Marquise? Oh, well, I've, um, I've known him for a while. He's a what you call an elf. He uh, used to be a gambler himself for a long while, but then uh, he, he told me things went wrong and he realized it's much easier to gamble on gamblers. To gamble on gamblers? Yeah. When I, well, yeah, he, uh, he helps me out a bit and when I win, he wins. When I lose, mostly I lose, but... Oh, I see. It's... So he bets on whether you, doing whatever you're going to do, succeeds or fails. A little bit of that, a little bit of like, uh, I come to, I come to him hat, hat, uh, hat, hat in hand and, uh, say, uh, Marquise, can I, uh, I'm a little short. And I think for a moment he said, he says it and he, he, he looks at, uh, uh, two dwarves. and it's like, oh no, they're both, not they're joke. both short. <laughs> that was not it's, a joke. It's all right. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, you got to keep your eye out open around this one. She's got a fire temper. He says with, with all lovingness. <laughs> and um, yeah, Manotrophini, as you're looking through, you notice there was predictions about the analytical engine becoming more popular, but it wasn't supposed to be as as soon as it happened. The Byrons and the Lovelace is not really uh, a thing in his predictions until much later, like practically 20th century, which is, well... Yeah. You've had your own experiences with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say. Fascinating. <laughs> if, um, yeah, really awareness, actually. Uh, no, perception. Perception. Straight perception. Yeah, one is terrible in that one. So you're, yeah, you're just completely missing something. But uh, if someone else is looking at the notes, maybe. Yeah, I'm probably also... chatting over it with o Amos, I believe. Yeah. yeah I'll, curious I'll, put my, I'll put my hat in the ring for a, for a um, perception. It'll, it'll be just a straight perception. Oh, okay, Jacoby. <laughs> and Amos are the one for us. Oh, wow. Like ones. Yeah. So, Jacoby, here's something that you, maybe you're too, because you're, you know, you read a lot, I think, and mm -hmm. you have curiosity about looking glass fever and things like that because of your own concerns. Yeah, um, just because I'm a cowboy, don't mean I'm uneducated. You notice one consistent thing throughout all these predictions. Not one, of them, not one of them predicted looking glass fever, anything that resulted from looking glass fever, the general magic resurgence in the world. None mm -hmm. of that is in any of these predictions. Now, ain't that interesting? What would that be? Well, I'm, I'm just, you know, I was peeking over your shoulder here and I, I just noticed something. Look at all these events. Mm-hmm. I have been. One really important one is missing from these predictions. Is that your arrival in England? <laughs> he just lightly tugs <laughs> on her beard. You did not. He did. <laughs> <laughs> I also I also point out he said lightly tug on the beard yeah, as yeah. we draw attention to it. Huh? It's like, Ahem. no ma'am. Tug, tug. My change into a dwarf are changing as a whole. Hmm. 
He points down to the papers. Nowhere in this timeline do we see anything about any sort of changing metamorphoses, portals to another world, or any other particular interest and phenomena we have come to know as looking glass fever. Hmm. She runs her finger over the page. You're right. No mad, no magic at all. And hmm. we have seen that magic is now a real and proper thing, considering our last little trip. <laughs> Fair enough. And right. yet, these things are all, some are correct, some seem to have come about earlier, if I'm reading the dates right, but you would think something quite literally as world-changing as Looking Glass Fever would have gotten some sort of beacon lit in whatever supernatural sense he was tapping into with these. And yet nothing. You're correct. Interesting. Um, when, when were all these written? Um, they would all be pre-LGF for, or yeah. pre-Rabbit Hole for Metatrophy. So nothing, nothing yeah. afterwards? No. I, I wonder if it's still accurate. Well, I suppose I could try. I'm not, I don't know much. It's not been my forte. It's been the cards, but I mean, that doesn't hurt to try. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll let you try. Um, you can. What I'll do for mechanically for it is you can spend a point of karma, but you can actually get the roll out of it. You just like basically use some of your magical essence as a cost okay. to try to do this with just straight perception. Okay, so perception with karma. No karma, but it costs you a point of karma. Oh, okay, gotcha. So let's take off one karma and perception. Yeah. Imagine this is you trying really hard to yeah, do something. Yeah, sitting down you. and. Placing your hands on it and just focusing very hard and praying. I think Glass will be hearing all this, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's at the tea I mean, table with us. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm, you know, some kind of makes me think of something a uh, old friend of mine said. It kind of makes sense in a way, because uh, from little I know of magic, it's uh, it's a chaotic sort. All these things that it's that you guys mentioned it's bring up these are all things of order things of science and it's kind of like a what's the like uh you know like everything's everything's in motion air is in motion everything and stuff and there's that old saying about how uh butterfly butterfly lands on something sets off a whole chain reaction and then next thing you know the, the tractors there's a storm halfway around the world yeah, I, I think I read about that, uh, the, the butterfly effect. You were right on the nose there. I wasn't thinking a storm. I was just thinking, like, lands on the wrong thing, key turns, engine starts, all of a sudden you're hearing a noise behind you, but your, your, your idea works better, works well, too. The, uh, what you're saying is something went different than expected. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think magic, the reason why we're not hearing about magic in this is because magic took a right turn where it should have took a left I'm now thinking, everything's out of balance. I'm thinking that list might have might have been more accurate if Looking Glass Fever hadn't been a thing. It did seem to. Well, let's work backwards then. and uh, he'll start while Madame Trofini's trying to interact with the orb. He'll start <laughs> going backwards and try and figure out when exactly it uh, it started going, getting the predictions wrong, and then I guess that I, was I think, when. Yeah, when I think Prince a good day to start die. would be. 
that or Looking Glass Fever itself. No, nope, Looking first, Glass uh, Fever was far, far in future from when it went divergent, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah so this oh. went divergent in 1860. Looking Glass Fever and the Rabbit Hole opening 1877. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Uh, it appears to be when the Prince Consort didn't die. That's the first prediction that went wrong, as far as you can tell, looking back in this. So uh, he will actually reach into his pouch and grab a pencil, and he will actually circle that. And then he'll just kind of go up the list and circle the ones that are different from what actually happened. <laughs> yeah, and you can come up with it. There's a fair, there's a good list. Um, more medical type stuff um, wasn't science. correct. It was yeah, and medicine and science are they're too early from his predictions, or off slightly in weird ways. Um, military history history is a little strange too. It, it's okay for a while, and then it diverges a little bit after a while. Um, yeah, just. Generally, it's the, the medicine and science happened first, though. They, they, they were the first things to change quickly. And would we have any knowledge of why that would be? No. Okay. You would just think, well, maybe this guy got in. You know, you think maybe at first, oh, well, he's trying to predict, you know, technological stuff, which that stuff's happening so fast. How can you predict it? But then again, you know, he was fairly accurate before 1860 about that stuff. I mean, he yeah. had daguerreotype and photography and uh, telegraph and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. He was accurate about. But after the prince consort's death, he just went off the rails. Hmm. <laughs> Looks well, like this... we have some uh, studying to do. This does appear to be the start. He, uh, one of the bigger ones that he is wrong about after the prince consort was uh, the end of the U.S. Civil War. Uh, with this uh, victory of the North, that never happened. Um, the South and North hit a stalemate um, instead, and uh, he, he predicted that it would just be reunified. Never happened, but um, yeah, there's still, you, as far as you know, there's still the Confederate States. They, they don't have slavery and things like that, but they, they do exist. And so that's another major one that's way off. Hmm. And what would be of more interest to Jacoby is it claims that Texas would be a state of the United States and not its own republic. Yeah, I don't see that happening. <laughs> Ain't no way Texas would ever bend a knee and... No. <laughs> that ain't happening. Mm -hmm. uh, Madame Trefini, on an 11, Crystal Mancy, I'm letting you do there. Um, I think you do actually sense some power and energy out of this... Um, crystal ball it's actually really fascinating to you as a medium there is definitely some sort of spirit or spiritual energy within this thing okay. that you can tell and um get you to roll maybe just a straight perception after that uh, actually awareness let's go with awareness oh excellent so a 19 uh, two, yeah 19's great uh, um two things one is you're thinking oh maybe i should take a look at this thing with the old astral sight and the other is, you're noticing it has, you don't know why, but every time you look into this thing and, you know, begin to conjure, like, I don't know, like, what kind of stuff do you tend to look for in, in crystal balls, you think? Like, what are you... Well, she's never actually looked in, really looked into one much. No, I know, you've, you've pretended to in the past. Yeah, but. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so she's sort of looking at it and sort of looking at it perhaps for a sign that it works just a little just for something shorter in the future that might happen in the next few days 
in relation to her and her companions. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Uh, meanwhile, yeah, roll your astral sight. Get something for that. Alrighty, astral sight. Okay. Pretty average. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, pretty average. You're able to get into your eyes into the astral realm. See that this thing definitely has uh, magical energy for sure. You can guarantee it now. But uh, in terms of other things you've looked at in astral space, this one is. Hmm. The, the thing is, you're not so used to your astral sight yet. No. So you really don't know weird. this now, so you think this is pretty normal. But later on, you'll notice that this thing is just a little odd in astral space compared to other th- magical things. I think you have you know, your snow globe. Um, yeah. It, it is actually a bit more like that in terms of pattern and shape and color in astral space, but um, just off a bit. Uh, there's something okay. you can't quite put your finger on about it. You uh, see an, what looks to be an island, actually, and you, you slowly begin to know this is Two Tree Island you're seeing uh, on your, in, your Im- in the image in your mind. But okay. you don't see an estate or anything. Yeah, yeah. just sort of the, I- the shape of the island, the island itself. Yeah. But it's not just that you you know I think Laszlo mentioned there was two tree island estate you're being yeah. event, uh, um, invited did, yes. to. Yes. The island does not have any buildings or anything. It is trees and open area and all that. Hmm. That's what you see. But you know this to be two tree island for one reason or another. Yeah. Interesting. She slowly opens her eyes like totally was out of it for the entire conversation that the gentlemen were having. Just sort oh, of blinks we didn't interrupt, so that's nice. Yeah, blinks her blinks a few times as she like sets her hands down on the table. She probably sees the three boys crowded around the um, the papers, making notes, and go, "No, no, no, it was this," and "Oh yeah, no, this," and you know. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. She reaches down and pulls out her a uh, small book pa- book of paper and and a pencil and just starts to jot something down closing it and putting it away again well it did show me something it showed me two tree island but no buildings on it no estate laszlo you've been to two tree island there's definitely an estate there Hmm? it's new though well well, there is an estate there but i it's definitely new it the uh marquis made it especially for boojums if i remember recall correctly it's a a new a new place Interesting. A whole island just for Boojum? Yeah, and everything's uh, built all larger than normal, you know, standard kind of standard kind of thing. See, so that uh, makes it easier for all kind all kinds of Boojums, trolls, snarks. That was kind of odd, considering he's an elf. But maybe he's got plans. Uh. Well, uh, while you were doing that, madam, uh, I think we have something here. Uh, it looks like the, uh, not death of the prince consort seems to be where things go left instead of right. Interesting. And, uh, I'll show her the paper with the, the circled things that are different and how they all kind of branch off from there. <laughs> and while he's, like, doing that, she's going back through her, through her memory to just try to see if she can sort of think of anything else around that time that could have caused a switch like that. 
because she has a bit of memory, so things she may have read in the newspaper yeah. or stuff like that. Why don't you roll? I, yeah. I, have, I have a question roll around, around that angle too. Yep. Go ahead. Um, would the attempt on the prince consort's life be in the newspaper, considering that we're talking about, um, you know, this guy making predictions and then falling out of favor because this one big prediction is wrong? Well, he didn't predict uh, like an assassination or anything like that. He just predicted he would die. Okay. And uh, let me pull up my notes. So it sounds like it would be worth looking into that event. Like, look at what was happening the day it was predicted Prince Albert would die and see if there was anything in the news or what might have been going on. Yeah. Okay, cool. She has an eidetic memory. Right. I, I did hear that. I just didn't realize I was closer oh, to yeah. Yeah, closer than what I thought. Kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, so uh, what did you get on identity? 12, that's pretty good. What you find on a 12 is that, yeah, things went different with um, obviously Prince Albert in these predictions. But also what you remember from the newspapers at the time is that he did have a pretty serious accident around that time. Uh, and he survived. Uh, a crippling fall, basically. The Queen uh, Victoria spent uh, over a year trying to get all kinds of people, doctors, healers, mystics, religious figures, and this is before LGF or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, then uh, Prince Albert insisted uh, that she attend some international exhibition of industry and science, and um, she basically got obsessed with throwing money behind technological pursuits to, to find some kind of cure for uh, Prince Albert's um, state, which is, he wasn't dead, but he was uh, highly crippled at the time, and she really wanted him to not um, live like that. And so she, she threw a lot of the British Empire's money behind um, science and medicine. And so the best you could predict is that's kind of more specifically went off, what ran off the rails is that Prince Albert not only didn't die, but because uh, because of that, yeah, he, because of that, he but he did have an accident, into, so yeah. it's so almost yeah, like he was close. Yeah, so maybe that was the point when things turned left instead of right. Yes, and her throwing money behind science and medicine boosted its advances. Exactly, and quickened the pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and had it turned left, she wouldn't have, and so on and so forth. It seemed, if I remember correctly, at the time that this prediction happened, that he should have, that it was predicted that he would die. And she has her eyes closed and looks like she's like running her finger along, like the li- lines of text. Instead, he had an accident, but instead of dying, he lived. He was horribly crippled. So, and the queen for a year was trying to find somebody who could help fix that. He insists she goes to a show, a, a fair that showcased science and medicine, and she starts to throw England's money behind that to try to fix him. And that seems to be why things are earlier than they should have been, perhaps. Which if medicine came earlier than it was supposed to, according to this, then perhaps this gentleman over here, and she points to one of the lines, of, one of the prediction lines, mm-hmm. would have died of an, some illness or some sort that he was supposed to die from, but didn't because medicine was early and, fit, and saved him. 
and that would also make sense for the technology, as it uh, as it had lots of research yes, money behind it. Fair enough. To to advance medical science, one needed better technology, and okay. so yes. Hmm. So perhaps the crystal ball was showing things that might happen if we went right instead of left, as you put it. Uh, hmm. Fair enough. Probably the Marquis would not be building such a place if he were not an elf. Perhaps. Then that could be why that it, the island that I was shown. So this seems to be showing things that happen to the right. Hmm. Interesting. Might as well stick with the theme and go, you know, across the looking glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I wonder if you could, by chance, somehow reconnect it with the new one. It's possible there is some sort of spirit to it. Well, like <sighs> kicking an engine when it don't start right. You think uh, ma- you think percussive maintenance would get it to uh, uh, nothing, fall, fall nothing properly? So blunt. Nothing so nothing blunt. so sciency. <laughs> sciency. She just like touches her finger. You know, she just suddenly like totally zones out and touches her fingers to the orb and uses her detect to sort of detect and see what's on it to see if there's like a spirit there or... Yeah. Uh, roll detect. Okay, 14's good. Alright. What are you looking for out of it? Because um, she felt that there was like some sort of when she was trying to like sort of connect with it she felt some sort of spirity presence something like that. So she's just sort of casting the detect onto it to see if she can confirm what she felt. Yes, you definitely detect a spirit. So it's different from any other spirit you've encountered, though. Okay. Um, most of the spirits you've encountered seem to be uh, have this quality that you relate to, that you feel comfortable with as a medium ever since um, the rabbit hole opened yeah. and you actually became a real medium and can actually yeah. connect with magic in some way. This seems more ancient. Um, this seems like something a less familiar and more mystical and kind of, yeah, I mean, that- probably very curious to found something that's just not part of that kind of magic. Hmm. I may need to consult actual, the more magic-y magic users about this one. I, I, I just, I just had a thought. Ever since Looking Glass Fever and Madame Trofini becoming an actual uh, magic practitioner, has she been more popular with customers and such, seeking out her abilities and skills? She still does her shyster trick, shyster stuff as well, but she does actually, you know, go in and look for spirits and stuff. Mm-hmm. And now that she's a dwarf, <laughs> she's a small, she's a small medium at large. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to get a joke in. No. Oh. oh. It's time for the train. It's time for the train. <laughs> she like wraps the orb back up and actually like hands it to Amos. Would you put this somewhere safe for now? I don't want to take it with us. Yep, I'll put it in the strong box. Thank you. I will also put my my purchase in the strong box. <laughs> um I will actually go and get my uh my luggage such as it is and make sure that I pack my my good clothes. Yeah, yeah. Madame, Madame Trafini also does this since her dwarf clothes are all here right now. Jacoby can't. Nope. 
he doesn't have good clothes. He has his traveling outfit. It's Rascal clean. only has the clothes on him. Yep. No, yeah, pretty pretty much the same as Jacoby. It's clean, but he doesn't have the way uh, he doesn't have much in the way of variety. He also doesn't have a horse out here, which is also I keep realizing it's a little off, but yeah. It's the city. You're an urban cowboy, right? Oh. Well, shall we then to the train? Fair enough. Thomas, mind the store. And uh, he'll stop at the door. Thomas, please don't forget to feed my cat. Thank you. Will do, ma'am. Thank you. I will explain to Thomas where we're going, why we're going, and potentially how long we might be since his employer didn't. Amos never does. Uh, (laughs) He thinks so. Croquet set over his shoulder and his cricket bat slung on a. I feel like the time time we're we're getting everyone's getting ready. He's fashioned a little spot on his belt to hold the cricket bat. Yeah, I would think Laszlo would be looking forward to playing cricket and uh, croquet on the, at the estate because you know there's lots of space there and there probably fields for that. Oh yeah. And yeah, I think you don't have any trouble getting to the train. Um, we'll fast forward to that. Um, you actually can get a fairly nice uh, cabin area that's semi-private, we'll say. So you can actually get your typical sit-around uh, table kind of situation. Excellent. Um, you'll notice that the one you got is actually slightly modified the train car in order to accommodate uh, larger boojums as well, too. Jacob, you don't feel so cramped in there. As a I revel in this. <laughs> I I will take up as much real estate as I politely can because I can now. She happily lets him <laughs> not say anything because she understands. She was already saying that she was going to do a reading for Laszlo. <laughs> so she was pulling out just sort of doing the basic three card her sort of basic three card one. So she flips over, she lays out, she has Laszlo help her sort of shuffle the deck and cut the deck. And she sets them down and she lays out a cloth. She flips over, she sets three cards down and flips over the first card. And it is the Ace of Pentacles in an upright position to him. She sort of looks at it. Hmm. So I see from this, there is sort of mysterious hand coming from the cloud. This is coming to you. This is giving to you. It is positive. It means your life, there's a new cycle that is going to begin soon. Start afresh. Uh, if you water this, if you water this seed, there is the potential for it to be very, very rewarding for anything that is grown on this energy. It's meant to be stable and secure, to give a good yield. Good yield is good is a good thing for a gambler like me. So that sounds great. Okay. Oh. <laughs> she flips over the second one that's upright, and she flips over the second one, and it again is upright to him. It is the five of wands. You so you'll have this good, but again, this one does apply. Seem to apply. It is. You must accept. It encourages you to accept the competition that is coming. This, there's competition from this card, and it shows. It is. This is going to be a good way for you to prove your to improve yourself, to prove yourself, and get better. But you won't feel any malice 
There will be no malice from the other competitors in whatever this contest will be, this competition that is before you. And she flips over the third card, the final one. As you flip over the third card, you see you have the star, but instead of a star, you see an octopus with eight arms stuck out just like the star. Do the others see this or just... You don't know right now. Yeah. She flips over the card. It's the star upright. So, but as she's like looking at it, she sort of blinks a few times. That's not how you should look. time dear listeners blessings and good health salutations and valedictions for the boneyards and boojums podcast are narrated by jillian i am coming to you from the many realms podcast we're also an rpg podcast if you like short exciting campaigns and one shots you can check us out online at the realms cast or wherever you get your podcasts original music for laszlo the gambler is by sean odell For Creative Commons music credits, please see the episode notes.